Gaming NBS episode 273 being recorded Monday, December 23rd. Ho, 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 2019. Welcome to Gaming NBS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Brett. And holy fuck, was that music loud, dude? Oh, is it really? Wow, that was loud. I'm like, ah, 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 reaching for the mute button. <laughs> like, damn. Must have hit the loud button. Must have hit the blowout Brett's ears button. Damn it. Well, it is December 23rd, so Sean, that means Christmas is, as of this recording, two days away. Are you set? Are you ready? Yeah, I don't know. Christmas, I've already had it at Mom's, and then tomorrow I head over to Sister-in-Law's after work, because I work tomorrow. You work tomorrow? Oddly well, oddly enough, I'm, I have... Work, okay. quote-unquote right, right, work. Right, right, yeah. Like, I mean, nobody's around. Yes. I mean... I had Bloody uh, Mary's in the office. I don't know. It, yeah. <laughs> I had uh, officially I'm supposed to have today, I, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off this week. They're holiday for us. So, of course, I work four hours today because some people in China couldn't follow directions. So, well, <sighs> good times. Documentation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's It's been documented. I, my network is well documented. I'm sure. I'm sure. Anyway, don't don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Merry Christmas, folks. Oh, yeah, happy, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you're celebrating. Yeah, there's plenty of holidays around this time. So by God, I hope whatever it is you all are celebrating, even if you don't celebrate anything official, you just hang out and relax and enjoy the time off. Do that. Maybe get some gaming in. Yeah, do that. So, Sean, yeah. speaking of gaming, did you get anything done this last weekend? Any gaming? No. I played in my buddy's um, Rage of Demons on Friday. Rage of Demons. Yeah, a little 5e stuff. And then I ran Delta Green on Saturday. And today I did a, a brief bit of D&D with my two youngest kids, AJ and Lana, getting their next, getting their characters moved up to the next piece. They just got ambushed by goblins not that long ago. So wow, yeah. They're, they're recovering from that, as you do. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> Going well there. Let's see here. Had an Evercon meeting, so evercon.org. That's happening in January, which is next month. Pretty damn fast. 10, 11, 12. Sean will be there on Saturday at least. So if you want to come up and spend time Saturday, of course, is the cool day to be there. It's the big day. And Sean will be there, which makes the con twice as incredibly cool. So, yeah, it'll be, be there. Find Sean. Ask him personal questions about stuff. I don't know. Do something. Yeah. Anyway, sure. check that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, just as a reminder, my two Avalon adventures, Iron Shoes and Blacksmith Folly, Blacksmith Folly and Iron Shoes are on drive-thru RPG, what? which is pretty cool. Blacksmith Folly, is that written by Bart Blashinsky too? Yeah, that guy's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's my pen name. Yeah, I made it. I made my I made my name even harder and more complicated to say. That's what I did. Sweet. All right. Let's see. I think that's about it. Any more announcements, man? Nope. Cool. All right. Let's let's random encounter the sucker. Random up. encounter. That's this button. All right. Fielding emails and voicemails and all that other good stuff from BSers around the world. Exactly. Around the world. Your turn. You read first. The mysterious brother writes in with how he sees gaming. You'll have an appreciation for this, Brett. I probably will. 
It's not really a mysterious brother because I seen his email. Ah. <laughs> Can't be mysterious if you got to submit your email with a name in it. <laughs> nice. Hee hee. Yo, it's the mysterious brother here. Uh huh. Just <laughs> wanted to throw my two cents in about house ruling. So I drink whiskey, much like Brett. By the way, what were you sipping on in the last episode, Brett? Um, that is a Glenmorangie. It is a Spios version. This is the one that um, our wonderful Laramie Wall gifted to Sean and I, and she'll let me bring it home and have some of it. So that's what I have right now, actually, as well. It's not done and yet. And I, uh, I happen to be sipping on Drambuie. See, you're a Drambuie guy, and I just can't. I'm not a Drambuie it's, guy. It's, it's a sweet one. I know. I should. I, it doesn't burn. Yeah, maybe it's that's candy. The, it's candy whiskey. Maybe that's Can, the problem. Candy scotch. Maybe yeah. that's the problem. It doesn't yeah. have enough pain involved in it. That's yeah. well. If, if it doesn't taste like I'm drinking charcoal wrapped nails, I don't it. It's a cordial, right? It's, it's a cordial. You, yes. you drink it after dinner, I guess. Yes. I don't know. So you feel and, cordial. I get yeah. it. I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I had. Carry on. So I okay. Same as anyways. I say the best whiskey is the whiskey you like to drink the way you like to drink it. Straight on. on. The, on the rocks, straight, mixed, whatever. Damn straight, brother. I think this can be applied to gaming as well. The game, best game is the game you like the way you like it. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. The best game is the game you like the way you like to play it. Just wanted to throw that out there. Y'all have a good holiday. P.S. My best whiskey is Monkey Shoulder. It's a blended scotch. I drink it straight, usually with a cigar. You should try it, man. I have heard really good things about Monkey Shoulder. I need to get myself a bottle. Have that, light a pipe, kick back. Might be worth it. And I think our quasi-mysterious brother here, uh, it's a fair point. And this is kind of a very succinct way that we've said it. You know, the best game is the one you like to play the way you're playing it, right? If you and your friends are having fun, and I know some people will come down on us or anybody else who says, oh, fun is the only thing and blah, blah, blah. But, but frankly, if you're not playing RPGs, to have, if you're not playing to have fun, I feel bad for you because goddamn, it's a good time. Yeah. You got to have fun. If you're not, if you're gaming and you're not having fun, something's, something's going on. I think I explained this perhaps last time, but some of the fun, my kids reminded me today when I, we started up the 5e campaign again and got back into it. And I said, what happened last time? And Alana's going through all the notes. AJ is giving some extra info and Alana says, oh, yes. We also found that magical spoon that was carved in the shape of a spoon, which was the description that their wonderful father gave them. Said, you find this spoon carved in the shape of a spoon, I just said offhandedly, wow. and they stopped you and said, so and articulate, said, right? And they said, what? And I'm like, well, it's, wow, that's that came out horribly. It was like 15 minutes of just giggling, you know, a bowl in the shape of a bowl and a hat shaped like a hat. It was much of that throughout the rest well, of the Well, the evening. next time you, they come to a door... It's in the shape of a door. And it's not a jar. Exactly. <laughs> they can't poke fun. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I might have to have them find a door in the shape of a jar. Right. Which will just freak them out. They're like, what? Well, the door's a jar. But I'm bump. And then they might leave me <laughs> and go back downstairs or do something else. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. If you're not having fun, goofy, fun, serious fun, however you want it and get it, uh, feel bad for you. Yeah. Really do. Yeah. Fix that. <laughs> All right. So Matt V comments on house rules. Late to discussion. Oh, come on, Matt. It's never a green topic, brother. You're always you're, you're you're on time. He said I meant to post this before so as not to bring it into a three-parter episode. My bad. If it's going to make the episode too long, just ignore it. 
We ignore nothing, Matt. You're in. I'm always house ruling. When I first read through a game, I take notes and write up a wiki on Obsidian Portal with all the house rules I'm going to use for that system slash game. Yes, I house rule before I even play a game. In fact, nearly all my house rules come from before I even play a game, only adding others to parts that are fundamentally broken we find during play. Nice thing is that my players know them all going in, and if something doesn't work, I allow pretty generous rebuild rules. But that hasn't been an issue for many years now. In the last decade or so, I've only had maybe three to four times where I had to change a house rule, and that's on 17 games and 12 systems. So I've gotten pretty good at it. I will say that came from a lot of trial and error for the past 15 years previous. Despite this, I'm sympathetic to the why are you playing that game then crowd. I often wonder why I read all these changes, <coughs> excuse me, read about all the changes some people make to their D&D game. They aren't using a system that does what they wanted to without major alterations, especially in this day and age where there's so much variety. I read almost daily about people massively overhauling a game, 9 out of 10 versions of D&D, and can name five games that already do what their goal is without all the fidgeting. I really do think many more people would be happy if they branched out a little. However, I'm familiar with a fair number of systems and intimate with enough that I usually pull the game I want, but still needs more customization. So for me, it often comes more to making the game more what I need it to do. I do have some house rules I tend to carry from system to system, though I won't make it fit if it's clunky. And those are cards for initiative, player-facing dice, Chase rules, so I'm still looking for a set I'm really happy with. I have ones that I'm more than adequate for what I usually find. Expanding ways to earn and use hero points slash Benny slash fate chips, etc. Oh, and for once, I think Sean was wrong. Sean, you're back to zero. Wow. Although, although I think he backpedaled a little bit in the follow-up episode. Huh. Fancy Heartbreaker, you said it first. <clears throat> I have a buddy who's only ever played in Red D&D and Pathfinder, and he's designed a game. Very, quote-unquote, innovative idea, he excitedly tells me. Every. Every. Innovative. Every innovative idea, excitedly tells me. I can name at least a few games that already did and usually do better than how he's planning to do it. I'm trying to give him some tough love, but I just can't get through to him. He always walks away sad, but doesn't really take any action to remedy the situation. I'm also designing a game, but I've played dozens of games and immersed myself in that at least 50 or more before even embarking on the journey. And I admit this is probably the other extreme of, of no knowledge. Uh, no, as in N-O. Uh, that may be, better, be a better resource than a new system, actually. The last reference guide I saw was from 2012, and the industry has done a lot since then. But I'm also not an engineer like that guy was. Is uh, setting a house rule? At first, I thought no. But as I thought about it a little bit more, I think Brett is right, and it's a type of house rule. Brett, you tie it back up again. He's keeping score for us, by the way. Uh, anyway, very interesting couple of episodes. The important thing is I learned I'm gaming wrong again. Keep up the great work. <laughs> oh, I also started a blog. It's pretty bare bones, but I do have a review of Mutant Year Zero after my first few sessions, if anyone's interested in that system. My players love it so far. And we have a link out there, rpgnbeyond.com forward slash mutineer zero review. Link in the show notes, folks, if we're interested. That's interesting stuff, man. Thanks, Matt. That was not overly lengthy. That's totally cool. And um, I think your your thoughts, your insights, that's good stuff. There's a piece you said there, house rule, and you said needs more customization. And I think sometimes when we say house rule... We sometimes think, oh, I have to fix something. I'm adding blah, blah, blah. You know, it feels like there's this fundamental. But when you say customize, like, oh, he's got his car. He added different rims to it. Oh, they painted his house different. Oh, he changed this slight thing. And now it's customized. It's more that person. 
And I think if we looked at house rules in that fashion, if it's done by a person or by a group, it's customized. So now it is that group. It's more them. That's kind of cool. Neat way to think about it, I think, anyway. Anyway, over to you, Sean. All right. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Brett with one T messages us about house rules. Hey, BST boys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wanted to let you know about a couple of house rules I've enjoyed using in my campaigns. One was with a homebrew world of mine using exalted second edition rules. That system features charms, supernatural skills that PCs can learn in a similar way to getting dots in Vampire, the Masquerade, Disciplines. You spend the XP, you get a charm. But in my game, charms came from one supernatural entity that visited the characters in their dreams that would only teach a charm to a character if they did something that constituted a sin against one of their virtues. Hmm. I, ruled, I ruled that when, whenever that happened, they risked permanently losing a dot in the virtue, similar to the way Vampire of the Masquerade characters risk losing dots of humanity when they commit inhuman acts. True, true. Okay. No, I like it. I like it. I don't, I don't know vampire. Yeah, so you've got virtues. You've got, like, humanity. Um, it's basically, like, ethics and your um, virtues that you have. And what I like what he's doing there. That's interesting. Okay, keep going. Uh, and in my game, if a character's virtues all became zero... They became a raving mad person and an NPC. Makes sense. So this set up a delightful tension between characters need to grow in power to beat the really bad guys and their need to avoid becoming one of them. Hmm. Needless to say, this campaign had a pretty dark mood. I know this might go beyond house rule territory and into the area of fundamentally modifying the game, but your recent episode on house rules made me think of it. And hey, maybe some listener running White Wolf might want to do something similar. Yeah, fair, sure. Man. I like the idea, especially when you've got dots and points and different virtues or flaws and stuff you've got out there, like willpower, humanity, like, um, and saying, look, I'll give, essentially what you're saying is, I'll give you this in exchange for some of that. And then you watch as the character says, well, okay, I'll sell off part of my humanity in order to get some power. <laughs> I mean, that's. Uh, that, that, there's movies based on that. I mean, there's amazing. There's some amazing tales based on that exact problem. So anyway, carry on. Also, I'm currently running a Pathfinder First Edition game in which I've made a house rule to modify how magic items are made. With the Pathfinder groups I've seen, seen I've been in, I've found that there's a real appetite for treasure and sometimes even an exception that PCs will be rewarded with enough gold piece value and treasure to keep up with the standard amount of character wealth by level. Huh. This is largely largely to fund their often optimized magic item creation schemes. <laughs> While I don't have enormous problems with power gaming, if all PCs do it roughly equally, I do find that this expectation limits the kind of encounters and story arcs I can include in my campaigns. So in my current game, I've ruled that gold is not the currency for magic item creation. Instead, whenever a character does something exceptionally creative or clever to accomplish their ends, a god of sorts rewards them with quintessence, the proto-substance of all magic items. 
And I've made the values of quintessence rewards such that party members will keep up with their expected character wealth by level if the party as a whole performs 10 such creative acts each level. The players are happy to have their crafting schemes. I'm happy to have whatever kinds of encounters I want. And the setting benefits from having a more sensible economy. Everybody wins. Keep on gaming and BSing all. Cheers, Brett. Brett, that's pretty cool, man. I like I like the thought you've put into this around you obviously know your group, you know what they want to do, how they want to do it, the stuff that they crave in this Pathfinder 1E game. And you look at it going, huh, if I give them this, this is kind of shooting me in the foot. My I, I see this as like, hey, Brett explains this to his group, and they're like, wow, that's that's cool. You get to do this cool thing. I still get to do what I want. I just have to get this other weird weird thing called quintessence. Oh, that's cool. It's a cool enough word. It's a neat enough approach. Fuck, dude. That's awesome. I like that. That's very neat. Yeah. Thanks, Brett, man. Well done. All right. Harrigan wrote in about house rules and says, fellas, on house rules, they used to be my jam. In the 90s, you weren't a GURPS GM worth your salt if you didn't have a couple house rules. Usenet was a pretty incredible place for sharing ideas back then. And I remember printing off hundreds of pages of rules people had come up with and shared. These days... I try to only house rule if something in the system is seriously borked. Anything little, <clears throat> annoying little things used to catch my attention, like a forty-five pistol having a higher damage rating than a hunting rifle. But these days I skew towards simpler games that don't provide that level of simulationism. That might be part of why I dig lighter games these days. No need to fuss over stuff you can't unsee in the system. Well, the reasons I like both the OSR and the Tiny D6 games so much that they provide tons of room for the GM to flex their creative muscle without the need to gut the system or replace a bunch of core pieces. Both offer many opportunities for bolt-on coolness that scratches that tinkerer's itch. I'll close with a couple of portable house rules I've been using lately across a few different systems. The first is pushing. The example as seen in Call of Cthulhu 7th edition. Sean, you should be familiar with this where a player can choose to re-rule a failure if they're willing to accept much graver consequences if they fail a second time. There aren't too many systems you can't graft that onto, and it makes for wonderful storytelling. Second, I love rolling a d6 as a GM when an event or outcome is uncertain or unrelated to the capabilities of the PCs. Low is bad, high is good. If a particularly interesting things happen in ones and sixes. This is an age-old idea that stems, I think, from the AD&D DMG, but I've recently rediscovered how much I like it in practice. Something else I like these days is straight-up luck systems, like DCC has or Call of Cthulhu has, diminishing resources the players have to manage. Maybe not appropriate for all games, but pretty damn cool in those situations where a GM is slowly wearing down the party, forcing them to make harder and harder decisions. Enjoy the holidays, guys. Here's to 2020 being the crap out of 2019, putting it in the trunk, and dumping it in the lake. Harrigan. I like yeah. Way, I like the way Harrigan wraps up. Wraps Put up it in year. the trunk and dumping it in the lake. I'm not sure I'm qualified to party with Harrigan, but by God, I'd give it a shot. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. Good stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Harrigan. DM Kojo has a question for BSers. Mm-hmm. And he says, greetings, BSers. I'm curious what system-neutral Game Master aids you keep in your toolbox to help you craft your games and worlds. That's a that's a damn good idea. That's a great question. Do you have any that you find yourself coming back to time and again? When I look at my shelf, the books I most frequently reference are Tome of Adventure Design by Frog God Games, 
the Alphabet series from Goodman Games, including the Dungeon Alphabet by Michael Curtis and the Monster Alphabet by Job Bittman. The Random Esoteric Creature Generator by James Ragey. The Storyteller's Thesaurus by James Ward and Ann Brown. And How to Write Adventure Modules That Don't Suck by Goodman Games. I'm sure there are many other gems out there that you and your esteemed listening public can recommend to build on these valuable resources. Thanks, DM Kojo. I got a new topic idea. Hang on a second. Well, <laughs> crap, that son of a gun ready to the hopper. Damn, that's a good one. And there's plenty of other ones that when Kojo says here, you know, system neutral, there are plenty that are built. I shouldn't say plenty. I can think off the top of my head of at least one that was specifically designed or published under a systems banner has easily, or at least has been for me, used for other stuff. So, ha, cool. All righty. That's going into Hoppa. That's there. That's good. That's good stuff. So we'll post that out on the forums to Gojo, and we'll get people that chime in. And totally. And when we talk about it online or we talk about it on the show, we'll throw out a few that people come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good stuff. Yeah. We put out their top three interesting choices that we're finding with people on the deserted island. Oh, yeah? Well, there are some that have chosen um, Tunnels and Trolls because you could play it solo. Yes. Which yes, wasn't my whole intention, of course, but I guess by saying deserted it's island. You yeah, know. you say desert island. Well, hey, there's nobody else here. Yeah. Somebody's going to take you serious and say, well, I, fuck that. I guess I got to find something I can play by myself. <laughs> well, there were some cool ones that had uh, popped up I did not anticipate. I think one was Gamma World. That was kind of surprising. Gamma World, somebody put out Marvel. But I didn't know if the Marvel one they were talking about was Cortex-based or Phaser Rip. Okay. Um, and then some of the pretty standard ones, D&D, different versions. But, yeah, good stuff. Very good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slick, slick. Yeah, but I think that's it for Random Encounter. Cool. Let's move on then, man. Yeah, let's go to main topic. All right. All right, man. So I want to talk about consequences. Oh. I know. This is a shit we don't like. Life is full of consequences. <laughs> yes, it is. So here's an interesting thing, and this may be an old school approach or a thought that's long had its day, blah, blah, blah. But I distinctly remember reading, and I refresh my mind by rereading this. There are direct examples and ideas slash commands, if you will, from Gygax and others. And and I've even seen this from uh, newer people, not so newer people, newer game designers, not so much said, sometimes tongue firmly planted in cheek, and other times, you know, just like, hey, might be a good idea. But if the PC or player does something, quote unquote, stupid, they should pay a price. Okay, cool. Okay, I get that. How do you know if it's the player or the PC doing something stupid? Oh. Do you punish the PC or do you punish the player? Are we punishing players? Both. 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 Punish them both. Get them both. <laughs> There's no time to think about it. There's anyway. no time to think. Just Makes take them down. Just easier. Just, just take easier. Them down. Just both of them. Bam, boom. So let me give me an example. So at some point, if you played long enough, or at least back in the old days, Sean, have you ever run into this one where the DM finally says, All right, assholes, everything you say at the table, your character says. 
because yes, you're tired I, of the table talk. I have that. I have been that game master. And you're punishing the players for their poor quality of play. Well, I've done it at a couple way, couple ways. One, I've said, "Hey, look, okay, we need to we need to tone it down." Like way early but on, I got this is player. This is player focused though. This yeah, has nothing to do with the PCs are doing. That's and that's no, what I'm no, talking about. I know, about. but I've okay. said that to like Jason. He'll talk at the table and say, "Well, you should do this and you should do that." And I'm like, "Wait, hold on a second, man. You you need to bring that." Meta talk, you know. Take it uh, down notch. Nix that. Nix that stuff. Yep, yep. And then I loosen up, okay? And then there's the, as they start to talk about stuff and they're having a conversation as they're in the middle of, I don't know, a corridor with wandering monsters, I just ask, or or they're in front of a, a character, NPC, and they're talking about what they plan on doing with the NPC. I simply ask them, like, are you guys talking about this? Like right you, now, you out seriously in the said open? you're going to kick his ass, roll him, and take all his gold. Did you just say that out loud? Did you say that out loud? Is that what's going on here? Are you guys having the discussion in yeah. front of the NPC? Because the one thing that irks the fucking bejesus out of me at times, and I've really loosened up personally on this, is when they're literally they will take a prisoner, they will interact with a NPC leader type. Yep, they're in the room. It's a ten by fifteen room. And they're all, all the players are all talking to each other about what they should do and what they should say. And they're all in a 10, 15 by 10 by foot, 15 foot room with that NPC in the room. It's hard to have a private conversation in that little of space. So I'm kind of thinking to myself, if you are running a role playing game and you're a character, you're not going to have that debate with your other players or other characters mm-hmm. on what you're going to say next. So you're going to have the knucklehead that's going to go and say something ridiculous. Cut like, his fucking fingers off. Just cut his fingers yeah, off. Cut He'll his talk. fingers off. Yeah. We'll just like torture him and get what we need and blah, blah, blah. Well, I say we should waste them. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. He'd probably be valuable. Yeah. Right? Like, come on now. So those examples to me are, it's kind of clear when you're like, okay, SmackDown somehow on players. Like, hey, stop. Some of the old DM, I think in a DMG, it specifically says, like, look, if people do certain things like wandering monsters, you're taking, you're dicking around too long, wandering monster. Yeah. Or the pro- ethereal. poke them, do, get them in to do something. Yeah. If they're, I think that's if they're. There's always the ethereal mummy that shows up. It's fully invisible, strikes first, and does maximum damage. That's in a DMG. You can do this. Or bolts from the blue. Somebody does something stupid, lightning bolt hits them. <laughs> Where does it come from? Gods, gods, gods are pissed. Gods are pissed. They nail your ass. You know, but this goes back to the the thing we said last time. With yeah. oh, isn't that isn't that just the DM being a dick? Like yeah. oh, they don't want me to play that way, so they're just being a dick. So here's where I'm where I'm coming from is I, th- I think it's interesting because there's certain points where we say we need to stop something, and there have been certain people who are very were very vocal at one point. It's essentially punishing poor behavior. Like negative reinforcement. You do that, there, you get hit. You do that thing, that crush your character. So, so is that it, the consequences piece that you're getting to? Yeah. So it's interesting. some people would say, well, consequences, if you so don't what I'm, go what down I'm a particular is, path. Yes. So what I'm saying here is that when the players are fucking about, yeah. you know, playing grab ass, doing whatever it is they're doing, do you, as a game master, <laughs> decide to say, you know what? Okay, fine. Um, wandering monsters, and you punish the characters. Or do you say, okay, guys, look, here's the deal. 
you break that fourth wall, you look at the players and say, look, you guys need to figure out a better way to have this conversation because you can't talk like this in the middle of a goddamn fight. Make up your mind. You, it is your turn. Or a social encounter. Or a social encounter or whatever the encounter is. Like, you can't do that. Stop. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that's taking control of the table saying, guys, 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 folks, stop. Look, it's Eileen's turn. I understand Susan and Chris have a really good idea. You two are not there or it is her turn to do this thing in the fight. Eileen, what are you doing? And vice versa, in, in the large social encounters, like, look, all y'all sons of bitches can't be talking all at the same time like this. Are you really talking like this in front of the king? Is that what you're doing? Right. Okay. Because then when you get clapped in irons, don't blame me. And I think when you break, we have, because we'll talk oftentimes about, I shouldn't say we, but gamers in general, like, oh, problem players, blah, blah, blah. And I think when we're doing exactly what we just said, I am warning the player that the type of behavior you are exhibiting has a consequence. Now, I'm warning you because I stop the game for a second and say, look, is what you're saying right now, what you're saying to everybody? Oh, shit. Yeah, we should probably. All right, let's wrap this up. Or, hey, how about you stop being an asshole and trying to tell, you know, Mark how to play his character? Stop doing that. You know, I love you, Zave, but it's Lenny's turn. Let him go. Right? So what do you do, Brett? So do I do run into this a lot or what? I have over the years. And what I do, and my group will get going on this every once in a while. I'm like, stop. Okay, hang on. It's his turn. Or like, okay, hold on a second, guys. You were in a 10 by 10 room. You're trying to sneak into this area. Are you really having this discussion right now? Yeah. They're sneaking down the yeah, hallway. I, are, you re- are you right. really having this discussion right now? Right. I'm asking because the scout that's way up there who's trying to be really quiet, you're bumble fucking your way down this hallway screaming, yelling, and threatening to stab each other. Are you really doing that right now? And I think that that's one of those times when we kind of snap the group and like grab them by the collar, shake them a little bit and say, guys, men, women, folks playing with us, let's stay on task. Let's get back here. Come on, come on, come on. I have gamed with players or game masters, you'd say in the past, where they will not warn you and then the beholder shows up, smokes a party. Well, you guys, you stood in the hallway talking too long. I rolled some dice, beholder showed up, y'all died. Wait, what? Well, we thought we were just talking out of character. We were just having a, so you killed my, you killed my 10th level paladin. Really? You, you, so what I'm saying is some of the consequences, depending on what it is, if the piece, if I'm talking about players right now, we'll talk about PCs in a second. If players are doing something untoward or foolish or whatnot, I think it's important that we as game masters and players, everybody at the table, learns to separate and say, this is a player, a personal, real-life behavioral thing we're trying to fix right now, whatever that thing is. And we don't punish the characters. We don't, don't use the character as a proxy to punish the people. I've seen players do that to each other. Like, oh, he says that out loud, I stab him. Well, I wouldn't have said that loud. Nope, too bad. You said it. I heard it. I fucking stab you. And tensions are rising. You've had player this characters do that to each other? Oh, yeah. I've had player characters do that to over the years. Mostly huh. in high school, that's what happened. But I've actually seen this at um, – I've heard of this at gaming conventions. I've talked to people. And I have run for smaller one-shot groups at, like, a game club before. And they're like, oh, you say that? I stab you. What? Whoa, whoa, stop. Stop, stop, stop. And what's happening is one player says something. I would just sit back and be like. Just sit back and let the chaos happen. 
So I think there's that type of consequences when we're dealing with that is I believe it's inappropriate to use the player as a proxy to hurt somebody. We use a player, excuse me, the character, excuse me, the player character, the PC. Don't use a character sheet as a proxy to punish the player for poor player behavior. I'm being yeah. a dick. I'm being a dick at the table. Being pretty soft, Brett. A little bit, but then on the flip side, when the player does the, well, that's what my character would do. All right, the law shows up at three thirty in the morning with guns to your head because you did exactly what your character would do. The world is reacting to you. You can, if the PC does something stupid, the PC become gets punished, corrected, whatever. Then the world reacts to them. If the players look at you and say, "Yes." All five of us are having this discussion in front of the king. Really? Absolutely. Well, what happened now? Hold on okay. a second. Now, now, now we've now, gone no, from no. bizarre players to PCs. No, what happens when, when you get half the people that say, no, 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 we're not. And then the other half go, yeah, yes, we are. Then you, either, <laughs> you either are or aren't. You know, well, that's that's players. Yeah. You drive. Yeah, that's again. That's player dynamic horseshit. Ass hattery. Got to calm it See, down. In my game, Jeff speaks for all players. I love Jeff. <laughs> I bust his chops every time we play because he will actively at the table say, she's going to do this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Or we're no. going to do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody on board with him. Everybody with Jeff here. Hell no. Hold on a second. Hell <laughs> exactly, no. Exactly. Time out. They're like, okay. All right. So you are addressing, I love you, Jeff, but that's not really I mean, that's somebody who's trying to drive and move. I've met Jeff a couple once. You know, I've talked to him for an hour or so. And I'm like, this guy likes to move. He likes to make shit happen. I get it. He's a rainmaker, man. Throw him at the table. He's going to make shit happen. I don't know about that. Well, well anyway, whatever. point being, that's yeah. my take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not yet had the pleasure. <laughs> Regardless, that's player behavior. I think it's interesting where – there used to be an approach of like learn through pain, right? You wouldn't warn anybody. Well, yeah, my character does, you know, blah, blah, blah. Ask the king, you know, walks up to the king and says, um, is that booger in your nose? <laughs> you really say that? Well, I really probably wouldn't. And some and some game masters would be like, oh, yeah, okay, fine. You're thrown in prison and beheaded. What? Because you're, you're rude and obnoxious and this king's a terrible person and that's what happens. He has no sense of humor. What? Well, you can't just kill my character. Yes, I can. <laughs> you know, that people would use, or I have seen it, and I continue to hear stories about this, where people use the character as a proxy to punish the player for shitty player behavior. Oh, and I, I, yeah. And I know there's a line where when somebody's being a douche and you're like, dude. Right. And I, 90 times out of 100, it's a, it's a guy. Right. That I've ever seen. It's like, I'm Wolverine. I'm the best reason what I do. What I do isn't pretty. I'm the single loner. I do this. I do that. And I stab the party and I steal from them. And you're like, okay, so that's really what you do? Yeah. Okay, so when the players catch you, the other PCs catch you, they might kill you. Well, why, why would they do that? I'm just doing what my character would do. Well, they're doing what their characters would do. And they murder your dumb, thieving ass. Right? So I think if it's... PC versus PC, we get in a you know player versus or a character versus character. Um, I think if a character is doing something foolish, my buddy Lenny, for example, his character did something incredibly stupid in not this Delta Green, but the one beforehand, and his character died. Whoops. And he's like, you know what? Uh, and someone goes, Why did you do that? He goes, You know what? Based on what's going on, it just felt like the thing my character would do. 
And I said, it makes sense to me. I'm with you. And everybody else went, you know what? Okay, that makes sense. I got it. Good. Other people have done horribly stupid shit at the table. Chair, what the fuck did you do that for? Look, here's the bind I'm in. I'm seeing my character's perspective like this. That's why I attacked the king. Okay, we don't like it. I get where you're coming from. All right, let's do that thing. There's a player. Why did you do that to other player? And the player says, this is why my character is doing that. They explain themselves. Right? And as long as it is not a pat, that's what my character does. How dare you? Most players I've gamed with, the good gamers, are like, well, my character would do this. And here's my logic why. We say, oh, okay. Yeah, buy that. And sometimes we challenge it and say, no, 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 hang on. You know, Spoonflower, Flyleaf, the elf would never have done that. He would have, I thought he changed last. Oh, shit, you're right. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Now, can I take that back? Can I walk that one back, Game Master? Oh, sure. Walk that back. That was a dumb idea anyway. Yeah, you're damn right. Well, I'm sorry about that. But when either the player or the PC, when you're using one as a, as a way to target or hurt the other, I think that's where we need to make sure that whatever the action, the consequence to the action, the consequence is taking place at the right level or the right place, right? The players are being assholes. The consequence is you're talking about players and player behavior. If the PC is being an asshole, it's PC consequences based on PC behavior within the game world. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Do you disagree with me? You better not. God damn it. I've talked with you. No, no I don't disagree. But as I was thinking about this, it would be interesting to run a game where nobody was out of character. It's called a LARP. No, I don't a, think so. A good LARP. Well, true. But I think you could play a role-playing game without... Oh, totally. I mean, We I leave. Mean, we do this. Like, you just tell me, like, hey, I'm going to go... I'm going to go wander down the, the road and see what's up there. I honestly think it's harder. Or you write notes for anything out of character. Like, yeah, outs, I, right? I, I think uh, it is it is difficult to do every... I shouldn't say every. A lot of game groups I've been in over the years... Either longer term, shorter. I mean, the guys I've been with now have been well over 20 years. We've developed, depending on the game we're playing, certain mechanisms to deal with that. Sometimes it's just shit we do. I don't even know if it's well thought out or whatnot. But I've been places where we're like, okay, everything you say your character says, unless you write it down. That's harder than it sounds. Sounds like, oh, how tough could that be? I'll just text you or I'll just email you or I'll just do this. I think that's actually – I think you're – you're onto something that where it'd be interesting to, to try it, but I think it'd be hard. Especially if it's not a thing your group does. It's a muscle you've got to exercise. Yeah, man. It I'm not is saying not... it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad just because it's yeah. difficult doesn't mean it shouldn't be done or couldn't be tried. But that'd be hard. I'm interested to hear if anybody has tried that. If you're at the table and you're playing a role-playing game, you don't mm-hmm. have to LARP. You don't have to get up and act. Oh, like no, 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 no. You can... But as you show up, the DM says, introduces or recaps the last session. Yep. Sets the scene. Okay. Last we left off, you were all at a campfire in the lost city of Omu. And nobody says, oh, that reminds me. I went camping last weekend. I got a funny story for you. <laughs> and the group just goes, no. We talk about the smoke break. We don't talk about that right now. Right. Now we're in game. Right. Having a clear line of like, look, players are designed we have to behave in this way or our consequences are we shut you down pcs must behave in this way or our consequences are or you gotta go to the bathroom 
have your hey player character. I'm gonna go go to the bathroom. Yeah, you better. We're bring a jug. Sounds good. <laughs> hit, the, hit the tree line. All right. Comes yeah. back, sits down. Where'd you go? Had to go see a man about a horse. <laughs> I think it, it. I would be willing to bet somebody out there's doing it. And I would I, be willing I to bet. I know somebody's that probably tried it, but I don't know how successful it is and what they've had hangups on. I would be willing to bet that one of the pieces with that type of thing, where you're trying to make sure that all the consequences are appropriate, everything is, you're in focus, you're in the right zone, and so forth, is the intensity, mm. right? It's very intense. Well, and people like can, they'll joke. We, I mean, there's a lot of us that. Oh fuck, dude! I I just ran Delta Green. I, I started at like two and quit at like nine or ten. It's on Saturday, and there's probably at least an hour between there. Between and I'm not talking like, hey, a couple guys had to go outside and smoke because I got uh, a few dudes who still smoke. Oh, we we're gonna have break for lunch, or we're gonna do it, get dinner, or whatever it is we're doing. And uh, somebody goes, oh, hang on, that reminds me of. Oh, I gotta tell you this thing. I see these guys once a month. Right. So I go up. They're some of my best friends. Oh, we just we sit down and we're like, oh wait, that reminds me. I saw this movie. Did you see that movie? Oh fuck, I forgot to tell you before the game started. But and then and to take all that out to scrape all that away and stay focused, like <laughs> hyper focused. That would be it'd be hard. Yeah, that's. I mean, I've got to say that it would be very difficult. I'm not saying it would be easy for any group because part of the role-playing game experience is sitting at a table playing the game and shooting the shit that's not really yep. even game-related at times. Sure. Hey, so I'm going to jump back for a second. Have you ever in your gaming career either been the guy or played with the people that did this where when the players are fucking around or they do dumb things, you don't even warn them? You just ethereal mummy, bolt from the blue, dragon swoops down and eats your horses, or you're punishing the character's because the players are fucking about. Have you done that? You know, I ha I don't think I have. I, I know I have. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not a proud game master moment when I look back. It was kind of juvenile of me, in my opinion. But I, I've done it. I it, most of the times, if something like that occurs, it's more of a miscommunication. Hmm. It's the okay. I walk in the room. Okay, you walk in the room. Great. Who else is in the room with them? Nobody. Great. Okay. You know the hammer falls down on your head you know the the anvil whatever yeah wait a minute wait a minute no no no, no. I didn't 10 by that. 10 solid brick and mortar you take uh 66 damage and your first yeah. level you're dead no no i didn't do that i, I mean i would have i would have slid in there i would have opened the door but i wouldn't have walked in or whatever or are you opening the door yeah okay i grabbed the knob okay you're hit with a you know but you've never said a trap too goddamn bad. That's what you said you did. That's what fucking happens. Your PC's dead or in, this happens. In certain situations like that, I have. Like you told me you were going to grab the door and open the door. I You didn't specify how, so I could only assume you're grabbing the knob or the lever and you're pushing the door open. Did you're not smashing get... it open. You're not checking for traps. You're not doing all that search crap. You're opening the door. Players I, get cranky with you when you do that? It depends. Well, it, if something bad happens to them, yeah. But if, <laughs> if nothing bad happened, they'd be like, I open the door, it opens, right? Nothing happens, right? It's only when shit gets, you know, silly and messy and they, they get perturbed because something happens to them when they. Is that what I meant? Yeah. When, when it's assumed that they're doing something they don't say. Like, I've, I've even said at the gaming table, look, 
I am not a mind reader. <laughs> if you don't tell me exactly what you're doing, I'm just going to assume baseline assumption, which means like you open the door, you're I've opening told the that, door. I've been told that by my wife. Look, asshole, yes. I'm not yes. a mind reader. I got to admit, she's not. She's really smart, but she can't read my brain. No, they're, mm. women are pretty good. They got good intuition, but, you know, even, you know. No, Susan I definitely am not a mind reader. I can't. Oh, okay. yeah. no. oh, so that it's interesting because so do, 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 I think especially when you're doing theater in mind and sometimes even with I'll tell you what, man, even let me scratch that for a second. Even with figs, you gotta go down mm. the hall. I take your fig and I move you down the hall. You step in a trap. I didn't well, go that, oh, whatever. I didn't well, go that way. Lucky bastard. You didn't I bother wouldn't have went you. straight. I wouldn't have went, I would have wound down the corridor. Yeah, you need to come up and move your miniature yeah, then. Right. Well, it's a long way to the end of the table. Get off your ass and come down and move your fucking fake. Dude, there's these new things now. Did you see these new things? What, little push People sticks? People are popping. Yes. They're po- popping up with all these little claw. They're like back, extended back scratches. <laughs> I'm awesome. not shitting you, man. They're all over. I've seen them on Twitch. People are like, they got I've little claws before. on the end. They're like, doo, doo, doo. that's how they use their miniatures. Like, oh so my God. So when I run into that, and when I run into that with a, with a, a miniature perspective, I'm like, look, you did this. Well, you told me to. I told you to move my character down. I didn't think you move him like he's an idiot. Okay, first off, you don't know what's in the fucking hall. So the consequence here is you just move down the hall because you didn't bother to tell me what it is you're actually doing. Well, oh, all right, how about this? Next time, you know, I'll let you have it this time. But if you do that again, you know, it's 66 damage, a big stone block in your head. Got it? All right, Brad, I guess. Dude, and it's funny we you've gained with these guys for how long, right? Oh, that's not just those guys; that's other people I play with. I know, but it's funny because it's just because you play with somebody for twenty, ten, twenty five, or five years or whatever, it's still the same discussion. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's goofy. You would th- there are certain discussions I don't have anymore. Like what? I'm, um, so like, how do I how do I roll up a character? It's Brett's game. Oh, sure, you, you you roll a character. Oh, it's Brett's game. I need to. I need to be more descriptive about certain things. Otherwise, this will happen to me. <laughs> Every once in a while, someone will forget. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And the rest of the group looks at them and goes, hey, dumbass. You told them to move your fucking mini down the, down the thing. You didn't tell them to move it in the serpentine fashion with your head low behind the bushes. So you got shot. Suck oh, it up. Nice. You know? Well, yeah. <clears throat> but it, to your point, though, we all forget. And sometimes sure. it's almost worse when you're playing with someone for a very long time because you don't have the – you don't go, hey, Sean – Okay, so what I would normally do is X, Y, and Z. Is that allowed? Can I do this? When you move me down the hall, I really want to make sure I do. I'm overly descriptive with a new game master. and I've found new players, new groups I'm playing with, especially at gaming conventions. They give me more because there's no assumption because they've not gamed with me before in some cases. And they really want to make sure that they're saying what it is that they really want to do, especially when you're theater in mind. And even minis on the table, they really want to make sure they're moving it where they want to move it. And um, I think sometimes familiarity breeds contempt <laughs> where you're used to, you're used to each other. And there's also a level of, like you said with Jeff, where I can look at my guys and go, hey, asshole, look, that's not how this fucking works. We talked about this a thousand times. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right. However. The, with the miniatures piece, it's, I always, it's always the, okay, I just want to make sure. Is everybody's miniature in the place that they're actually standing? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm, I'm went back they, here. You get up and move it. Yeah. Make move it happen. that damn thing. Okay. So. But I think I think the – what I've 
like I said, I don't like <clears throat> wailing on the character because as a proxy to say something to the player. I will often sign, okay, your character moves. This is occurring. Well, all right, push the character aside and say, look, you, sir and or madam, need to be better in the way you describe this to me or whatever. We've talked about this. Player behavior, game master behavior, whatever it is we're correcting or reminding ourselves of, whatever we talked about in our session zero, whatnot. We're having that, you know, this is this style of play right now. We've, we've got a play conflict. I don't like doing, no, your character's dead, and then digging my heels in and holding my ground saying, no, nope. Nope. Now, fifth time, fifth time, fifth time in, I've warned you five times. Yeah, you're right. I warned you five fucking times. You walked down the hall, you fell down a goddamn pit, you got eaten by a cube. What do you want me to do, man? Well, the good thing about doing it with the character is you could put violence on the character. You can't <laughs> yes. on the player without going to jail or being charged. That's true, yeah. I mean, you can. You, just, you might suffer some consequences. Exactly. <laughs> Some pretty bad consequences. Very yeah. serious consequences. So Very I think, serious. You know, there's that trade-off. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's interesting. I, I've I've seen enough and I've heard enough over the years, um, and even at conventions now where I'm talking to people who are gaming right now, even people newer, like, oh, yeah, if a player does that, if a player lets a character do that, then I just smoke their character. That'll teach the player. Or... Now the player will learn because it did this thing in their character. I'm like, I don't know if maybe maybe some players will learn that way, but that's kind of a dick thing to do to crush the character in a way to prove in a way to provide a consequence for me as quote unquote bad play or playing in a way that isn't working for the group or agreed upon. What I mean, however you want to do it. If I'm using the PC as a proxy to wump on the player, the person. It feels wrong to me. I would have to say that I uh, I would I would find it very heavy-handed to do that. I I wouldn't inherently want to do that. And of, of course, there's precedence, right? Like, oh okay, yeah, this is the third time. There will not be a fourth. I'm just letting you know, right? Everybody hear me? Everybody good? Everybody clear? Any problems? Good? Okay, yeah. That's kind of it, right? No, totally. So anyway, let's let us know what you think. Yeah, we threw a couple of things out there. Tried to stick around the consequences piece. Of course, we vacillated, went off in other directions, and whatnot. But let us know what you think about this, how you've dealt with it or had it dealt with you. If you've had a really good experience, if you had a horrible, shitty experience. Those are always fun to hear about. <laughs> let us know what you got. All right. Let's die roll it, man. Die roll. 2D4. Miscellaneous points of gaming and Greek, 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 Greek. We want to share with you. First one, Tony Sugarloaf Baker supplies us with a character sheet for those that have dyslexia. Genius. That's fucking cool, man. It is super cool. So there's the article uh, that he found it on, probably. And then there's the sheet. We'll have a link to both. So check those out. It's, it's making its way around the social medias. So very That's cool good. stuff. Yeah. That's a good find, Tony. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, second one, Kevin Culp. Some of you may know who he is. Some may not. I follow him on Twitter. He is the uh, individual behind Time Watch, which is a powered uh, or is a, uh, oh, my it's God. Pelgrane Press. Pelgrane Press game. Yes, a Pelgrane Press gumshoe game. 
There you go. Um, but he mentioned because all the Star Wars stuff that's going on, some I don't know. I guess there's a new movie out or something. Um, that he said, hey, if you want that kind of RPG with a rules light system, check out Save the Universe. And he has absolutely no financial stake in it at all. He just thought it was a great game. It's an RPG by Don Bisdorf. Uh, we have a link to Drive Through if you want to check that out. I might, I may actually buy it because it's like I think five dollars. So. Hey, it's a PDF. Why not, man? Yeah, that's easy. That takes up a lot less shelf space. Yes, than it does. The stuff. <laughs> uh, third one, Call of Cthulhu comes to roll twenty dot net. Yeah, I saw that. I think it's the second most played game on Roll Twenty now. I could see that. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't always. It's been kind of now. It's been you know bubbling up to the top. But seventh edition, Call of Cthulhu. Now you can get. You could buy. Now I know some of us are like, well, I got the book and I don't want to buy the rules on Roll Twenty. Sure, I understand, but the option is there. I think they have free Quick Start rules. It's all about options, right? Yeah. Some people are like, ah, I don't like it, don't need it, don't want it, because that's not what I use Roll Twenty for. There are other people who use all the bells and whistles on Roll Twenty, and this type of thing is invaluable. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Another one. Ian World is running a poll. Vote for your favorite RPG talk podcast. There's an actual uh, link in the same article, I think, near the bottom that you can go and vote for your favorite actual, actual play podcast. Very cool. They, I'm glad they're splitting the two. Yes. That makes sense to me. We're listed amongst like 150 other there's some podcasts. Cool, there's some cool podcasts out there, man. So if you are hurting for podcasts, there's like 150 there you can just check out. Yeah, I mean, Gnomecast. Uh, she's a super geek. It's, there's yeah. tons of cool stuff tons up there. Tons of them. Tons of them. So yeah. go and vote for your favorite yeah. uh, talk show RPG podcast. I am always shocked and humbled and honored that I look like, oh, fuck, we're on there. Kidding. Oh, wow, that's neat. Yeah. Neat. Uh, <laughs> that's and cool. then the last one, Matt V mentioned his blog. We'll have a link to his blog out there if you want to check that out. Thanks, Matt, for putting it out there. We want to make sure everybody that's got something going on is... Everybody else is aware of it. Cool. Otherwise, that's it. Yeah, I think that is. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. If we don't, uh, well, you you know, you could listen to this in like October. So I don't know, but it's <laughs> right now as we're recording it. It's yeah, if Sean 25th. gets this. If Sean gets this out there before, well, who? Anyway, who fucking cares? I should be 2019. Able, happy Holidays. Yeah, I should be able to get stuff. out before Christmas or at least Christmas Day. I think well, that would be cool. It would be my gift to everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what do, we, do you know what we're talking about next time, Brett? Well, you know, damn, that thing from Kojo kind of hit me. That's a cool one, but I want to get some feedback. We're going to see if we can get um, uh, Mr. Desheen on to talk about Astonishing Swordsman. If not, I might find a end-of-year kind of softball-y stuff for us to talk about. So, And, you know, sometimes we get some kick-ass listener feedback, and it could be a listener feedback episode. So it's end-of-year. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, that's sweet. Exactly. All right. Let's keep you on your toes, Sean. Yeah, that's okay. I like being on my toes (laughs) because someday I'm not going to be on them, and that's not going to be good. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game, Paul. This episode of Gaming in BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Hawk Sparrow, Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, Kevin Lovecraft, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Aaron Ralia, 
Larry Howe, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValle, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, John Keyword, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Niall Diamond, Howard Bishop, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Salzwedo, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Ray Otis, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Rich Wishon, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Jared Rasher, Andy Hall, David F. Balog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, Brian Rumble, Henry Newcomb, Eric Tavola, Huss Carl, Roger Brasslett, Mark Sohn, Andy Olson, Erica Villa, Ron Blessing, Jeff Seifert, Chad Gleeman, Finolf, Josh Wallace, and Merkel Froelich. For ways to support the show, head over to gamingabs.com forward slash support dash us. Happy holidays, BSers. Thanks for your support. This, this has been a Litterbox, Litterbox Studio, Studio production. production.